Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. If you missed our show this morning, Mornings with the Coach, here's what you missed. Well, good morning and welcome to 97.3 The Fan. Coach John Cantara with you for a full uh, four hours of today. And uh, I want to start off this show uh, by uh, first uh, sending my condolences out to uh, everyone up there in Poway. Uh, what took place on Saturday at the Chabad of Poway, uh, very uh, disturbing on, on a variety of different fronts, but I want to send out my uh, very best and uh, sincere condolences to everyone involved in what took place up there on uh, Saturday afternoon. I know the one lady, Lori Gilbert Kay, uh, uh, was shot and killed. Uh, Lori uh, Gilbert Kay uh, was the uh, daughter of a former uh, uh, Charger team doctor and Aztec team doctor, Dr. Richard Gilbert, uh, many years ago. And I know there were three others uh, injured. And uh, all I can do is open my heart and say I'm very sorry. And uh, hopefully the healing process has already started. But uh, just a, a tragic incident up there in Poway on uh, Saturday. So uh, with that, uh, we'll move on. We'll talk about the sports world today as we uh, get another week uh, underway. Uh, yesterday, our San Diego Padres, it looked early like they were going to uh, uh, win a ball game and uh, sweep a series from the uh, Washington Nationals. Didn't happen. They squandered uh, a 6 nothing lead, and this is the way it ended. The 1-1 pitch. Adams launches one to deep right field. If it's fair, it's gone down the line. It is into the upper deck. Fair and a home run. Matt Adams wins it. His third home run of the season is an 11th inning walk-off, and Washington eventually comes all the way back to win this game 7-6. And uh, you heard that right here on 97.3, the fan Jesse Agler with the call. A Padres a drop it in 11-7-6. Again, they squandered that 6 nothing lead. It snapped the Padres' five-game win streak. Matt Adams taking Matt Whistler over the boards. The uh, big news, uh, aside from blowing the 6 nothing lead, and getting beat yesterday was uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. left the game in the bottom of the 10th uh, with, uh, it looked, originally I thought it was a groin injury, but they called it a hamstring injury. Right now, we don't know exactly the severity of it. Uh, the reports we've gotten late last night, early this morning, is that Tatis Jr. will probably not miss a lot of time, but uh, again, with a hamstring, you got to be awful careful. And uh, coming up at eight o'clock this morning, a uh, longtime uh, team doctor of the Chargers, now doing a variety of different things here in San Diego and Southern California. Doctor David Chow will uh, join the program, and we'll talk about hamstring injuries. So, some of you out there that are weekend warriors. Make sure you uh, tune in because the hammies can be uh, quite tricky. Now, Tatis yesterday had a career-high three hits, a couple of them infield variety, but nonetheless, Fernando yesterday three for five. He's averaged now at 300. Eric Hosmer starting to swing it pretty well, three for five, a double, a three-run homer, his fourth of the year. Hunter Renfro, a nice day, two for four in RBI. Greg Garcia got a start yesterday, did a nice job, one for four, his first homer of the year, scored a couple of runs. Uh, Joey Lucchese, 
just didn't have it yesterday. And, you know, we had Andy on, and we're going to replay our interview with Andy Green uh, coming up uh, a little bit uh, later in this half hour, actually in the hour, uh, with our Spotlight segment. But Joey Lucchese yesterday, four innings, nine hits, five runs, four of them were earned, one walk, five strikeouts, but he just didn't have it. He was leaving balls right over the middle of the plate. And I thought once it got to be 6-4, to four, and I know Andy doesn't want to go deep into the bullpen real early in the ball game, but he has Matt Whistler. Yeah, Whistler got tagged for the, the loss yesterday uh, in his uh, two-plus innings of pitching, but sometimes you got to go get that starter. And I thought Andy stayed with Lucchese way too long yesterday. Once it got to be 6-4, to four, hey, his day should have been over. That's the way I looked at it. But again, hey, he's managing the ball club. He knows who's healthy, who's not healthy, who's got a little bit of a sore wing. But uh, again, just you know, sitting at home watching the game, I thought he should have yanked him. That's what I thought. Uh, what did you think? Love to hear from you today. 833-288-0973. 833-288-0973. I'll tell you, one of the bright spots, though, Eric Hosmer really starting to swing the bat well, and not only swinging it well, but starting to drive the ball a little bit. A double in that big three-run homer yesterday. You know, he started to find it a little bit towards the end of the homestand, and now he's starting to carry it over out there on the road. Now, the boys tonight are going to be in Atlanta. Again, they've got a four-game series in Atlanta. They're 2-1 right now on this road trip. Doggone it, I was hoping they are going to be 3-0 and when they jumped out to that big lead yesterday. But tonight, they're going to be in Atlanta. There's going to be a very uh, interesting matchup tonight because you've got two real young pitchers. you got Nick Margavichus going for the Padres. He's 2-2 two two with a 3-6-0. Nick is 22 years of age. And Atlanta's going to send out 21-year-old right-hander Mike Soraka, who's off to a great start this year, 1-1 one one in a 1.69 ERA. And again, the Padres, a four-game series. Uh, the ball game tonight will get underway at 4.20. That means our pregame show gets underway at 3.20. Uh, four-game series. And then, Friday night, the first place Los Angeles Dodgers will be in town for uh, games on Friday at 7.10, Saturday at 5.40, and Sunday at 1.10. With the loss yesterday now, the uh, Padres fall two games back of the Dodgers uh, in the National League West. Uh, Tonight, the Dodgers are going to be on the road up in San Francisco to take on the Giants. It'll be right-hander Kenta Maeda, 3-2 and a 5-2-0, going against Giants right-hander Jeff Samarja, who's 2-1 and and a 3-0-0. Three-game series uh, between the uh, Dodgers and uh, Pirates. Dodgers uh, took all three yesterday, and they squeaked out a 7-6 to victory. Rich Hill uh, made his season debut. Uh, it wasn't uh, all that great. He gave up five runs, but only one of them was earned. He didn't walk anybody yesterday. He had six strikeouts in six innings and gave up uh, five hits. Julio Urias coming out of the bullpen now. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how they use him because he was in the starting rotation. They don't want him to throw too many innings. Now they've put him back in the bullpen. He went two innings, gave up three hits and a run yesterday. He got the win. Kenley Jansen, his 10th save of the year. How about Cody Bellinger? He continues to just hammer the ball. Two for three yesterday. His 14th homer. He had three more RBIs. He's got 36 RBIs already on the season. Max Muncy, a big day after being pretty quiet early in the year. Three for four 
couple of RBIs and Kike Hernandez yesterday, two for three and a triple. The Angels are going to be off today. Tomorrow night they'll open up a three-game series in Angel Stadium against the Toronto Blue Jays. Yesterday at Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City, the Angels got a 7-3 to victory. And Albert Pujols yesterday, two for four, a double. He passed Barry Bonds on the all-time RBI list. Pujols now has 1,997 career RBIs. Pujols only trails Hank Aaron, 2,297, and Alex Rodriguez with 2,086. RBIs, uh, by the way, became an official statistic back in 1920. Justin Bohr, a big three-run homer yesterday for the Halos, and Mike Trout had a two-for-four day. I want to get into the NBA. We got one NBA game tonight. It'll be game two, Philadelphia and Toronto. Saturday, Toronto won game one, 108-95. Kawhi Leonard, a career playoff high, 45 points, 11 rebounds, and Pascal Siakam, uh, a big ball game for the Raptors as well. He had 29 points, and they'll go at it tonight in Toronto. You know what? I look at Philadelphia right now. Philadelphia has one of the best rosters in the NBA, but man, they're they're like the uh, stock market. They're up and down. You just never know what you're going to get out of uh, Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler and uh, that cast of characters there with the Philadelphia 76ers. Also, uh, tonight, Western Conference semifinals at the Pepsi Center. you got Game 1, Portland taking on Denver. That ought to be a heck of a series. Yesterday in the Eastern Conference semifinals, how about Boston going into Milwaukee and smacking uh, Jonas and uh, company 112 to 90? 112 to 95 Celtics in double figures yesterday. Kyrie Irving a big day, 26.7 rebounds, 11 assists. The old man, Big Al Horford, 20 points, 11 rebounds, and three blocks. Two of them on Jonas right there at the rim. And uh, Jonas yesterday, 22 points, 7 of 21, and 3 of 5 on three pointers. Chris Middleton had 16 yesterday for Milwaukee, but uh, Boston took down the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. Game two will be tomorrow night in Milwaukee. Yesterday, Western Conference semifinals, Golden State eked out a 104 100 victory up there at Oracle Arena, and boy, the, the the Rockets were crying after the game, and some of it justified. Some of it justified. I thought there were a couple of fouls uh, on James Harden when he was shooting jump shots. you got to give the man room to come down. You could argue it either way, but Harden yesterday in a losing effort, 35 points, only 9 at 28 shooting, uh, 4 of 16 on three-pointers, got to the line 14 times, knocked down 13 of them, but Kevin Durant. How about Durant uh, in that final playoff game the other night against the Clippers? He had 50, but he had 38 in the first half. Yesterday, Durant, uh, 35 points and 5 rebounds. Steph Curry, 18 points yesterday. And Clay Thompson playing on that gimpy ankle. He had uh, 13 points in the ball game as well. You want to break down the NFL draft? Who's your favorite team? I'd love to hear from you this morning. Again, our phone number, 833-288-0973-833-288-0973. A rough one last night if you're a San Diego Soccer's fan. After winning 23 consecutive games, the Soccer's eliminated last night in the Western Conference Finals by the Monterey Flash in overtime. Four to three. Uh, and quite frankly, watching that game last night, uh, Monterey. Uh, I wouldn't say they dominated uh, play much of the night, but they definitely outplayed the San Diego Soccer. Soccer season comes to an end. 
25 and 2 record. And what does the future hold for Lanovan Donovan in a soccer's uniform? If you were at the match last night, love to hear from you this morning. We've got the whole gang here this morning. Jeff is here. Jim is here. Hammer's here. They all watched Games of Thrones last night. So I'm sure they can interject a little bit about that. But I want to hear what you have to say as we, uh, Kick off a big week here on 97.3 The Fan. Our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Andy Green, stay with Joey Lucchese too long yesterday. Love to get your thoughts on that. You're an NBA fan, NFL fan. Love to hear from you. How about Sebastian Janikowski yesterday telling Adam Schefter from ESPN he's done. 19 years in the NFL, 18 with the Raiders, one with Seattle. He's done, and uh, we're hearing that uh, Tyreek Hill of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, as soon as today or tomorrow, could be uh, put on the commissioner's exempt list. Watched a little bit of the draft on uh, Saturday morning, and we'll get into that a little bit later. I'll give you my uh, thoughts on the Chargers uh, draft. Uh, I will tell you this. I, I thought Tom Telesco did a pretty good job. I think they got some guys with need. I thought their fifth-round pick uh, uh, out of North Dakota State uh, won uh, Easton Stick, their quarterback. Uh, I thought uh, that was interesting. That guy's a pretty talented guy. I don't know if they're trying to go the, the route of Carson Wentz or not, but uh, he's a pretty good uh, player. It'll be interesting to see uh, how he fares uh, in uh, OTAs and uh, going into uh, camp uh, this summer. I would imagine it's going to be a battle between him and Cardell Jones uh, for that number three spot. Of course, the Chargers uh, gave quite a bit of money to Tyrod Taylor uh, when they brought him in as a, a free agent to back up uh, Philip Rivers. Chargers got a good football team, no question about it. We're going to get out to your phone calls this morning. You'd like to uh, chime in, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. I bring in uh, Jim Russell, and uh, Jim, uh, uh, a huge weekend in the world of sports. Your Golden State Warriors hung on yesterday against the Houston Rockets in Game 1. Barely hung on. But, you know, if James Harden, if they called the fouls on James Harden like he says they would, they probably would have lost. That was a joke. Well, there were fouls. There's no question about it. There, there were a few fouls. And, you know, I watched people last night uh, kind of break it down. And, yeah, there, there were some and there were some you, you probably are not going to make a call on. But you do have to give the guy an opportunity to come down after he shoots. There's no other team in basketball, even if I wasn't a Warriors fan. That I that I hate more than the Houston Rockets. Well, I don't like the Rockets. Their entire game is shoot threes and get fouls called. Like that is how they. That's that's their game plan, and that shouldn't be part of a game plan in basketball. Is to go after the foul. Like you have to play the game. I feel like the right way. And the Rockets, they don't do that. Now they win a lot of games because they have a lot of talent on their team, and James Harden can score forty points every single night, but. The reason why he scores 40 points every single night is because he draws every single ticky-tack foul possible. And it, the way that he plays, just, I hate it. And the way, and complaining yesterday and saying that he needs a fair chance, nah, that, no, that, I, I like legitimately laughed at that out loud when he said that. Well, I thought that he uh, really was kind of sticking up for his teammate, Chris Paul, who got ejected with uh, under five seconds to go in the basketball game. He got, uh, uh, I think he got a technical on the third, and then he got one there at the end of the game. And it wasn't going to matter that he got kicked out, but yeah, he, he, ran, he got he ran ejected. The, he ran into the ref. Yeah. and Well, actually, he touched the referee. And you can't do that. No, no, you can't. So and, either, either 
So now, I don't think they'll suspend him. They're not going to suspend him. But they're going to fine him a lot of money. I would certainly think so. Uh, Inadvertent contact, but nonetheless, you can't have contact with an official. But, you know, he was taken up for uh, Chris Paul. I don't know if you saw the the press conference last night. I did. You know, Harden was there. He was doing all the talking, and Chris Paul was just kind of slumped in the chair next to him. I I mean, come on. Like, there was a lot of calls in in the game yesterday that weren't called. But there was a lot of calls that they were complaining about that weren't fouls. Like it's a part of the game. It's basketball, and not only is it about it's playoff basketball. And all these like we're talking about landing spots today. That's so stupid. But that was the point of emphasis in the NBA this year. I know to but, give the the shooter the freedom to come down where he not get his ankle broke or something. But when you shoot the ball. And then you land three feet in front, like of where you jumped. That's not a natural shooting motion. Like I saw a bunch of videos yesterday of James Harden shooting it, landing exactly where he jumped from. And the other day he was jumping into the defender. That's that should not be called a foul. I'm sorry. That's that's a horrible like thing to to try to do. And then you're putting the defender. Like what's the what's the defender supposed to do? If the defender goes straight up from his position. Right, and James Harden shoots it and lands into the defender, and the defenders get called for a foul. Like that's a, that's not that doesn't make well, sense. Well, it's very difficult when you're going to close out a shooter. It's very difficult to go straight up unless you're really under control. And you'll see a lot of guys in the NBA. They'll go to try to close out a shooter. They'll raise their arm, and as that guy shoots, they'll run by him a lot of the time. But we'll see every once in a while. You know, they'll throw a hip into him. I saw that one. Uh, uh, tape last night where Draymond Green threw a hip into Harden. That should have been a foul. They didn't call that a foul. Uh, there were some others that probably should have not, uh, shouldn't have been called, and I agree with. But, you know, in the NBA, it's like you're talking about Harden. I mean, I watch Harden during the regular season. Anytime he goes to the bucket and misses a shot, it seems like 95% of the time they call a foul. It was a lot like that with Michael Jordan. I mean, Jordan used to get a lot of calls like that going to the bucket as well. If he missed, boom, there was a foul, and he was going to the line for two free throws. I didn't. I mean, I watched Jordan. I'm, I didn't watch him, like, like a lot because I was younger right. at the time. But I don't think Jordan ever like was this egregious when it comes to drawing fouls like James Harden is. I mean, there was one one time yesterday where James literally grabbed the defender's arm and wrapped it around himself, and then the defender got called for the foul. Like, And then it just makes it even worse by what he said after the game, where he's like, I just want it to be fair. Like, come on, man. You know what they're doing? They're, they're sending on. a message. I know they the are, and it sucks because game. now, like, I'm I trying to take the fandom out of it. It sucks because now next game you're going to see a bunch of calls that are ticky tacky. That's going to be against the Warriors in favor of James Harden. Well, I can tell you right now, Jimmy. This. I can tell you right now, the NBA wants us to go seven games. Okay, and I used to laugh when uh, years ago. I used to laugh as a kid. Certain referees, and I know Dick Bavetta uh, retired a few years ago, but I used to call Dick Bavetta the equalizer. You know, there's a, a critical game uh, six where you know a team could close it out and then bring Dick Bavetta in to call game six, and you knew. 
that you know something may be be in the cards there to where he was going to even that game out and and try to get a game seven. You know, I, I've thought that for years about the NBA the way they call games. Uh, you know, if a team's up three games to two, uh, they may not get the calls uh, uh, throughout the course of the game because the NBA wants every series, especially with the named teams like Houston, Golden State. We've been talking about this series all year because Golden State has been talking about it all year uh, as well as Houston. They knew they were going to go head to head. The NBA and basketball fans now want this series to go seven games. Be interesting tomorrow to see how the officiating calls it at Oracle Arena. Now there's an article written. You know who Sam Amick is, right? Right. He wrote an article yesterday about how basically the Rockets have been lobbying the league to call fouls against the Warriors. Specifically. And and claiming that the Warriors, because of their success, their success is based on getting lucky calls from the referees. I disagree one hundred percent. I don't think the Ra or the Warriors are a bunch of hatchet men. Like when you have two MVPs on your team and you have five All Stars, you're not getting the benefit of the call. You're just better than everybody else. And you've won three out of the last four World Championships. It's not like right. you showed up a week ago. So the, the Rockets, not only are they complaining yesterday. They apparently have been complaining for years about the Warriors' success because it's they think it's based off of uh, referees favoring them. Can I totally jump in on this? Because you know how I feel about the Warriors. I hate the Warriors. Yeah, and, yeah great. It, it, that's, that's, you should. That, that, that's bull. That's complete bull. I've never yeah. looked at them as being a team that's overly physical and just fouls the hell out of people. Now, do I think like Curry and Green and some of those guys whine? Of course, I think every team has guys that whine, but they they're flat. Do. But but they're better. Whole league whines. Yeah, but they're they're flat better. I mean, the referees are not why Golden State is winning championships. And I and Jim knows I hate the Warriors with all my heart, but. That, that's the, the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I've never looked at the Warriors as being a team that you know tries to beat you up and you know fouls the hell out of you. The refs are why Curry dropped 10 threes one night. Like, I mean, no, come and, on. And also, hey, James, if you want to play fair, let's go to the other side of the ball, too. Like, that's how he makes a living. No, no, when they play defense, when like <laughs> Curry's get run over by everybody and they don't call a foul, they, let's just play fair, James. If you want to play fair, let's play fair. Stop it with hey, that. Hey, jumping over to the other series... How about Boston going into Milwaukee yesterday and just punching them right in the nose? You mean the, the Milwaukee Hawks? Yeah, the <laughs> Milwaukee Hawks. They, they got beat up in their home arena. I don't know if they can come back now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they show up tomorrow night. I mean, Giannis is, uh, here. what, 13 points the other night or 16 points? Uh, Giannis uh, yesterday had uh, 22 points, oh. but he was only 7 of 21. And did you see Al Horford back-to-back yeah. blocks? When uh, Giannis was going up to dunk the ball, this is this that just shows the experience of the Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. This is their first time actually in a situation where they're the favorites, the number one seed, the playoff pressure, and it showed yesterday. The Celtics, no, 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 we got this. We've been here before. We know what to do. And Kyrie Irving's, I mean, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. I mean, he's he's the best player in the series right now. But it's only, I, it's only one game, but still. I think I told you last week, you know, from what I'd seen, and I didn't get a lot. I didn't get to see Boston a lot this year just because they play those early games. And I'm usually still working. But from what I saw a couple weeks ago watching Boston play uh, in that first round, I, I thought they were the best team in the East. You know, the team that I'm really disappointed in is Philadelphia. Philadelphia, to me, has so much talent. 
And they just don't know what you're getting from one night to the next. I mean, Embiid, uh, you know, if he wants to really play, he, he could dominate any basketball game, but he doesn't always show up. He wants to be a finesse guy at seven feet tall and shoot three-pointers. Get down on the block and make things happen. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was doing an email over here. That's all right. You can do that at 9 o'clock when we get done with the show. Well, you know, we're always working, Coach. Well, what do you think? Boston the best team in the East right now? Uh, right now they are. Uh, but I would also put the, the Toronto Raptors up there. You see what Kawhi did the other night? Yeah, Kawhi had 45. And it, they kind of you know shake off their number their uh, first game jitters. They always lose the first game of the series. Boy, they they uh, they beat up Boston pretty good, 108 95. And, and how about Siakam? He had 29 points. Nobody even knows who this guy is. He's either I think he's the best besides Lou Williams. Him and Lou Williams are the best sixth man in the NBA. Siakam is a great. I mean, he's. He's a very underrated player. Boy, the other night in that final game uh, when Golden State closed out the Clippers, boy, they shut down Lou Williams like nobody shut Lou Williams like down all three, year. Twenty something. I think he was like three for twenty-one. Yeah, that's that uh, was after him really torched him the game before. But we got a lot to get to today. Again, we're going to talk with David Chow and find out a little bit about Fernando Tatis Jr.'s hamstring injury. The early reports today is he may not miss. All that much time. There's questions whether or not to bring up uh, Luis Urias. I'll tell you more about Urias and what he's done since he went down to AAA. Uh, Padres taking two out of three in Atlanta. Should have, uh, or excuse me, in Washington. They're in Atlanta tonight. Uh, Should have taken all three. That game yesterday. Boy, if you're ever going to yell at the TV or yell at the radio, it was yesterday. Padres are up six to nothing early in the game. They end up losing in eleven innings, seven to six, courtesy of Matt Adams ripping a homer off of uh, Matt Whistler, leading off the bottom of the eleventh inning. The Padres lose uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. to a hamstring injury. The uh, reports late last night, early this morning is right now they're not planning on putting him on the uh, injured list. He may uh, miss a few days, but uh, the injury not anywhere near is what they uh, thought when initially happened yesterday, and he had to leave the ball game. and Manny Machado had to uh, slide over to uh, shortstop, and boy, that play Machado made yesterday going up the middle uh, to save the game in the 10th inning, a diving stop. Uh, going to his left, comes up, fires a perfect strike to Eric Hosmer to get out of the 10th inning. Unfortunately, the Padre bats fell asleep after they got that 6 nothing lead and couldn't dent the scoreboard the remainder of the day at Nationals Park. Now, tonight, uh, they're going to uh, be in Atlanta. Game one of a four-game series will be uh, Nick Margavich's uh, going against a right-hander, Mike Soroka. Margavich's right now 2-2 two and two with a 3.60. Soroka, a 1-1 one and one record in a 1.69 ERA. Again, the uh, Padres right now 2-1 and one on this uh, road trip. They've got four more in Atlanta. They'll be home on Friday night to take on the first place Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, I want to go back to yesterday because I was listening to the ball game uh, when this happened. Uh, actually, I was watching it, but I was also listening uh, to it because I was at a birthday party for my uh, four-year-old granddaughter. We had uh, we had it up on uh, the phone, and then we had a radio in the background. Here was the call yesterday in the tenth inning when Fernando Tatis got injured. He'll deal, got a bunt right in front of the mound. What a great grab by Whistler. Throws to second base. Off the bag on the throw. Off the bag. Kinsler had a stretch, and I think Ian is hurt. He is still down. 
And the medical staff is on its way with Andy Green to second base. Lying just off to the left of the base toward shortstop. Tatis, I beg your pardon, down. Well, that is, uh, I think, probably about at the top of the list of the last things you want to see if you're a Padre fan. An unbelievable effort to try and keep the foot on the bag. I thought maybe he did. It definitely came off at a point. He ends up in a full split. And immediately after that, he went face first down, obviously in some pain, and he is still laying on his front side to the left of second base. The old shift got to Uncle Teddy on that one. Initially, he thought it was Kinsler uh, because the Padres had uh, uh, a little shift on uh, with everything going on at that point in time, but it was Tatis, and Tatis, uh, just a great stretch, just unable to stay on the bag and uh, did everything he possibly could. They actually reviewed that play and said that he was off the bag and that he had to leave the ball game, and Man, when he went down, you could uh, hear everybody, even at the little birthday party I was at yesterday, everybody got very, very quiet. This guy has really uh, become a a fan favorite uh, in the the first month of his Major League career. But again, uh, we uh, we hear that he may miss a few days, but uh, should be back in the lineup uh, towards the end of the week. And, you know, maybe they'll set him out the entire series against Atlanta. We don't know. Maybe they'll set him out uh, for the entire series and have him ready to go Friday night against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Hey, if the the Padres could go in now and get a split in Atlanta and go four and three, hey, you know what? I'll sign up for road trips like that every time. Yeah, their first road trip, they were fantastic. Uh, they're off to a great start, and it would have been even a better start if they'd have hung on yesterday. But right now, the Padres nine and four in road ball games, doing a heck of a job in that area. And I bring in Jim Russell here in the uh, 6 o'clock hour. And Jimmy, uh, yesterday when he went down, uh, I I was thinking anywhere from four to six weeks initially with a hamstring. But I I was encouraged, though, by the way he walked off the field. Oh, I thought he blew it out. I thought he was done for the year. Like, knowing the Padres' history with players, you just thought to yourself, oh, my God, this is it. Yeah, the balloon was going to pop over. already. Like, we can't have nice things here at all. It's done. But, like, I didn't see it live. I just, my phone just blew up as soon as it happened. I know, there, there were alerts going off on my phone all over the place. Right. So, I didn't see it live, but I, when I went back and I looked at it, and we'll obviously talk to Dr. David Chow today to get more, like, his, because he watched it as well. Uh, he read about it. He, he'll tell us more, but... I was encouraged that he walked off on his own and reading stuff after the game saying that like stuff like he could play them today. Like you don't say that if it's a really bad injury. Now would I play in the day? Absolutely not. I would rest him at least two days. Yeah, I agree. At least two days and maybe even longer. Like this is a long play here with you win the war, not the like the battle. So I would sit him out for at least two days, but seeing he walked off alone, he wasn't taken like on a like a cart. He didn't look in too much pain. He might have tweaked it. Obviously, he did tweak it a little bit, but I am kind of encouraged. But we'll see. Well, I'm real encouraged, and we're going to find out more today because when you have an injury like that, and I can raise my hand, I had more than one uh, hamstring injury when I was playing uh, basketball and baseball, and I had one uh, real severe that landed me actually in a hospital because I I blew it out pretty good. Uh, The thing that I want to ask David Chow 
this morning. I'm a big believer when you have a hamstring injury, and this one here, he may have just stretched a little bit, he, I mean, where he didn't, you know, really pop it. But when you pop it, I'm not sure it ever comes back the same. I'm just not convinced of that. And the thing with Tatis is his whole game is based around hustle, and when you mess up your hamstring. It's like it's in the back of your mind. Like I've messed my hamstring up before playing basketball, and it's just there. Like you can't do thing. You don't do things that you normally would do for a while. So we'll see how bad it is. Um, but since Tatis's whole game is speed, hustle, you know, like well, two of his three team, hits yesterday were infield hits. He I had know, to hustle the, down the line. That's the thing. Like when you're when that's like your big part of your game, and you hurt your hamstring. You can't really do that. You have to like take take a step back. That's tough. Very tough. Very tough. And again, we'll see how he feels today. I'm sure he's going to be but, stiff and sore a little bit today. But the good thing is that Andy has options here. You can move Machado to short. That, that's a given. Pretty good back up there. <laughs> and Ty France has looked really good at the plate so far. And like Andy said on Friday, they're trying to get. They would try to get him a, a start or maybe two. Uh, well, this is the perfect opportunity to put Ty France in there at third base. Well, let me ask you this because Greg Garcia came up. He played really well over the weekend. I like finally Greg. got a chance. I like Greg, but he's not a starter. Well, he is uh, for maybe two or three days. He could, and he started yesterday. That's great. He hit a home run yesterday. I know he did. two runs yesterday. I know he did. Uh, and the day before, he came in, uh, drew a walk, and hit a sack fly to give them the lead in the 10th inning. Uh, and you know what? With the way Ian Kinsler's playing right now, why not start Greg Garcia against right-handed pitcher? What do you have to lose? That's true. You don't have anything to lose with second baseman. Whatever production you can get out of second base, you take it wherever you can get it. I wonder right where now. the Padres are at right now with Ian Kinsler. Remember, they signed him, Jim, to it's a two, two-year deal. Yeah. $8 million total. I mean, right now... He he's not catching up to the fastball right now. And if you can't no. catch up to the fastball, you got some real issues. And and I don't know if he can come around. I mean, last year he did not have a great offensive year with the Angels or Boston. I know Boston picked him up primarily to play defense. He ended up winning the American League Gold Glove, but he only hit two forty last year, and he's hitting in the one forties right now. I don't think this is a situation like it was with Chase Headley last year, where they had Chase Headley on the team and they're paying him all that money. <laughs> And he couldn't hit, and he couldn't play defense. And that was like, what do we do with this guy? So they had to cut him. Kinsler's different. He can still play pretty good defense at second base. Okay? He did win him a game last week with the home run. Yes, he did. And they won one nothing. he He's got two homers and two RBIs on the year. So, granted, he has been atrocious at the plate. He still can play good defense. And if you can play good defense on this team... That's a plus. So I'm okay with having Ian Kinsler on this roster right now. It's just about five. right now. How how much leash are you going to give him? I think you got to let you look. You got to give him the whole year. You can't you can't cut him. He's I mean you can't release him. It's a two year deal. Well, what are you going to do with Urias right now? He goes down. He all of a sudden he's found his stroke. He's hit six homers in a short time. He's been back and here. He, he's actually hit five homers in the last two games. I know he has in Triple A, um, but he hasn't done anything at the major league level yet. He's two for twenty four. I know. And last year too, when he came up before he got his hamstring injury, besides the first game when he made that great defensive stop and he hit a home run to right field, 
He hasn't really done anything. He's 21 years of age. You're not going to give up on him, though. You're not. When do you bring him back, then? I think you should bring him back. Uh, I'd give him a month. Okay. I'd give him a month. And and I like Kinsler on this roster as well. People people like always downplay this, but I don't think it's you should downplay the leadership. Like in that locker well, that, room. Well, that was one of the big reasons he was signed because he brings a little bit of an edge. He's a veteran presence right. in the clubhouse. Hosmer's a nice guy. Manny's uh, a leader in his own way, but, you know, uh, Kinsler kind of got an edge, a uh, hard nosed, tough guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's good to have in the clubhouse once in a while. Not everybody can be, you know, jovial and backslapping type guys. And like I said, this guy is a gold glove defender still. Like, I'm not going to argue that. And. You need like late in games. What it, like he's the guy that you'd want playing second base for you probably. So that alone, I'm okay with him having a roster spot. I'm okay with it. Now, do you want him starting every day, leading off for you? Like, no, you don't. They tried that. At the if he was of the, year. the old Ian Kinsler, I'd love to have they him tr- leading off every day. Exactly, but he's not. And they tried that at the beginning of the year, and it didn't work. So you got to pick your spots with him now. Well, hopefully uh, he'll find it. Uh, you know, once you get over 100 at-bats and you're hitting under uh, 200, I start getting a little concerned. I mean, it's one thing getting off to a slow start, you know, maybe in your first 50 to 75. You get over 100 at-bats, and then you got some real concerns about hitters. Well, you know, it's, it's you know, we'll see how it goes. Want to know what happened with the Friars? It's time for Padres Rewind. He's hot. He's hot. At the corners, one gone, no score. Soto, ground ball, second base, made for two. Kinsler, Tatis, back to first. That's the double play. You can't beat it. No runs, one hit, a couple of stolen bases. The Nationals leave a pair after one, no score. Just three hits against Strom. Swings at the first one and sends it to deep left field. Myers going back on the track, feeling for the wall, leaps up, can't make the catch. It's up and out for a home run. Jan Gomes with his second of the season, a two-run shot, and Washington takes a 2-0 lead here in the fourth. Boy, there's a lot of guys that can hurt you in this lineup. You don't necessarily think of Jan Gomes first, second, or third, but he's two for two, and he puts the Nats on the board here in the bottom of the fourth inning. 0-2 fastball in the air to deep center field. That ball was hit well, came in fast, went out faster. Car rushed. Ball going, ball gone, Eric Hosmer. Half that lead is gone, likewise with it, for the Washington Nationals. Turn a fastball around, I mean big time. Man, oh man, what a great swing. 2-1, Washington in the fifth. 3-1 pitch is reached for, grounded up the middle. That will get through for a base hit. Myers is going to be set. He's rounding third. Robles will not make a throw home. Machado ties it up. 2-2 here in the seventh. Manny Machado got ahead in the count, and he made Scherzer pay. Rolled a ground ball right through the middle for a base hit. Myers scores 2-2. Bearclaw set, and the 3-2 pitch is into left field for a base hit. Ty France comes through with a pinch hit single in his first major league at bat. Hedges advances to second base, and the Padres have two on for Fernando Tatis Jr. here in the eighth. 0-1 to Myers, came inside, it hit him on the hand. No, it rolls away. Hedges coming in to score, and he will. The ball came all the way in on Hedges. He reacted as if he had been hit by the pitch, but he bailed out. Hedges, taking nothing for granted, came sprinting in from third base, and the Padres do have a 3-2 lead. 1-1 pitch in the air, center field. This will chase Margo back. He's twisting and turning onto the track at the wall. It is up and out. Oh, my goodness, Carter Keboom. His first major league hit is a game-tying home run here in the bottom of the eighth inning, and we are back tied 3-3. One-two pitch, 
Reached out, a high fly ball, a pretty deep center field. Nice swing, going on back to the wall, ball going, ball long gone. With a hand in the air from Hunter Renfro, as in this ball game was tied. Not now, Padres by 4-3. Not a pinch home run, because the major he came into play defensively in right field. Hunter crossing home plate. They're all waiting for him on the top step of the Padre dugout at third base. And the Padres up a run in the top of the ninth. The 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Strike three. He chased outside. It was the Kirby Yates splitter. It was not in the zone. Just what he wanted to have this kid's chase. And I mean his catcher came leaping out from behind the plate. And this ball game belongs to my San Diego Padres. Big numbers. 1-2. Hit it well. Hit it well into deep left field. Into the corner at the wall waiting. Ball going. Ball gone for Hunter Renfro. As I was just saying, he really hits the ball hard. Have you noticed? I know you have. You can't beat that. A lead walk followed by a home run. That's been Padre baseball, especially during this winning streak. The overall hitting and the on-base percentage is nothing to write home about. They're not getting many walks. But, oh, are they hitting the ball out, and the starting pitching has been fantastic. 2-0. My Padres in the second. Line shot. Oh, the grab by Manny. Gone to second base and back to first base. He had short hopped it, and he gets the one. Oh, what a play, but safe at first base. Field. 2-0 in the air. Deep right field. I don't think it's going to stay in the ballpark. The wind will help it, and it is gone, and it is tied. Swing and a fly ball. Center field. Margot has it pretty well lined up. He backpedals, makes the catch, and the inning is over. The Nationals, thanks to three walks, load the bases, but they leave them loaded. And we go to the eighth. Still tied at two. Strike three call. Oh, Luis, the slider is working big time. You're a pitcher now, not a thrower. You keep on chucking, you hear? One, two, three, strikeout. Looking, swinging, looking. Here's the payoff pitch. Here is a fly ball to left field. They had him shadow. They're going to go back. They're going to score a run all right. Caught by Soto tagging. Here comes Ty France. Here comes the Padres. Well, a sacrifice fly and a 3-2 lead in the 10th inning. Here's the 2-1 line drive base hit. Here we go. Everybody running. Tatis coming home. Myers right behind him. Up and throwing in left field to Soto. The Boobords are out on the poor bullpen. And it is very poor, no question. And having a hard time struggling again. 6-2, my Padres in the 10th inning in D.C. Robbie Erlin on the 3-2 pitch here, bottom of the 10th. This one is in the air to deep right center field. On the move is Hunter Renfro with a running one-hand grab. And this ball game belongs to my San Diego Padres. Shit. In my first at-bat is a pinch hitter, period. High fly ball again. Deep right field. Now that's got a chance. Ball going. Ball gone. Homeboy, Greg Garcia. Car. Rush deep right field and out. Hey, Greg. How was your start Sunday in uh, Washington? So far, so good. Padres using the long ball big time here. On the road trip number two, it's one nothing in the first. Big swings, another one. Into left field, a bloop that might get on down. It gets on down, it's a base hit. Hoffy wrote it perfectly on the read. Haas will come on home. Padres have a 2 nothing lead. Second, the pitch is lined into center field, a base hit. Tatis is rounding third, he will score without a play. RBI single, Machado, 3-0 Padres in the third. Comes home, and Eric sends one in the air to deep left field. Soto is racing back, looking up, it is going to go. A home run for Eric Hosmer. A three-run shot, and this thing is blown open. 6-0 San Diego here in the third.
beneath his feet. Pitches hit in the air, straightaway center and deep. Margo racing straight back. This one is up and out. A three-run home run for Juan Soto. He has homered in two straight games. And like we said, one bad pitch. This could get interesting, and it has. Six to three, Padres here in the third. He's been all over the place. Hard hit ground ball into center field, base hit. RBI single, Kurt Suzuki. Six to four, Padres here in the third. 1-0 pitch is hit in the air to deep left field. Myers is going back, looking up, twisting on the track. He jumps, and it is up and out for a home run. Robles with his fourth of the year. The Nationals with their second of the day. It is a one-run game, 6-5 to five here in the bottom of the fourth. 3-2, high fly ball into deep left. If that's fair, it's gone. It's fair, and it's gone. So, too, is the earlier 6-0 lead for the Padres. Fastball, Matt Adams, big, strong guy, got under it. Have no fear, center field, and Margot way over in deep left center. Manuel makes the catch. And walking all that first pitch, ground ball to his left. Slide, Manny, up, throws, got him, Manny Machado. Hot dog, I'm telling you, like I said, he's a good third baseman. He's a great shortstop. The 1-1 pitch, Adams launches one to deep right field. If it's fair, it's gone. Down the line, it is into the upper deck. Fair and a home run. Matt Adams wins it. His third home run of the season is an 11th inning walk-off. And Washington eventually comes all the way back to win this game 7-6. That was your Padres Rewind on 97.3 The Fan. Well, Steph Curry uh, finished uh, 5 of 12 from the field yesterday, 3 of 10 on trifectas, 18 points, uh, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Golden State hung on against the Houston Rockets, 104-100. I'm going to get to uh, James Harden and Mike D'Antoni here uh, momentarily. But right now, want to give uh, away a pair of tickets to uh, see a Dude Perfect coming up on uh, Thursday, July 11th at Viejas Arena out at San Diego State. And uh, right now, be the... Um, Call first caller that can call in and correctly tell us how many hits did Fernando Tatis Jr. have yesterday before he was injured in the 10th inning. I know this one. uh, First caller, I know you do. 833-288-0973-833-288-0973. Be the first caller to correctly identify how many hits Fernando Tatis Jr. had yesterday in the ball game before uh, he left in the 10th inning with that hamstring injury. And again, coming up at 8 o'clock, we're going to have Dr. David Chow stop by and uh, share with us uh, what he thinks uh, of the injury and how long uh, Fernando may be out. Again, we're hearing it's not as severe as a once uh, feared, uh, and he may only be out a few days. In fact, the Padres right now are, are probably not even going to put him on the injured list. We'll see how he feels today when he shows up to the ballpark in Atlanta, but uh, that's very, very good news. So, uh, again, uh, first caller that uh, calls in and correctly uh, gives us the number of hits. Uh, we'll uh, take care of you with a pair of tickets to see Dude Perfect coming up on Thursday, July 11th at Viejas Arena. Well, I think anybody that paid attention to the NBA, uh, uh, Boston had a great win yesterday in Milwaukee, 112-90. But a lot of controversy coming out of that Golden State-Houston game. And uh, James Harden uh, uh, wasn't all that excited in the postgame. He he said that you know he, he wants these officials... To just uh, give the ball club a chance to beat the defending world champions. What can I do about it? <laughs> I, w- I was told the same thing at half, and 
there's probably a couple more in that second half. I mean, I just want a fair chance, man. Uh, call the game how it's supposed to be called, and, and, and that's it. And I'll live with the results. But when you – especially we all know what happened, you know, a few years back with Kawhi, like that can change an entire series. Just call the game how it's supposed to be called, and, and we'll live with the results. And, and it's, it's plain and simple. Well, he was upset because uh, several times uh, when he shot yesterday, he was getting closed out and wasn't getting enough of space to come down. And uh, the two or three that I saw on the highlight package last night, Draymond Green, uh, one of them uh, really did a nice job of hitting him uh, right on the hip. And I thought that should have been called a foul. There were a couple of others that I think you have to let go. Uh, Again, it was back and forth. But, you know, Harden's used to getting those calls during the regular season. The issue is now you're not in the regular season and they call the games a little bit different they let guys play a little bit more whether that's right or wrong that's just uh, the way it seems to be now in this game yesterday uh, Mike D'Antoni got a technical foul Chris Paul got one in the third he got another one with 4.4 seconds to go uh, in the ball game he was ejected and here's Mike D'Antoni talking about the officiating after the ball game I'm going to really try to be a nice guy, you know, because I really don't want to give the charity to them. I'd rather have my charity and have the money. So, um, I mean, the response was they just came at halftime and said they missed it. That's what they told me. So they missed four of them. That's 12 foul shots. So, so be it. I mean, they're trying to do the best they can do. And uh, obviously it was, it was what it was. Seems like to me that uh, in all sports right now, we're having a lot of criticism of officials. I mean, whether it's baseball, the other day the Padres had a five-minute and 40-minute uh, delay in the ball game on a ball that went into the dugout with Jan Gomes carrying it in. And really, you know, it was 540, but it was actually about nine minutes by the time they ended up uh, sorting everything out. Uh, but Dan Tony, you know, talking about the officiating, where we've heard a lot of, whether it be hockey coaches, football coaches, football players, a lot of people talking about the officiating right now. Now, and I don't know if that's because uh, they're being scrutinized with replay or not. D'Antoni also talked about the missed chances the Rockets had in the ball game. Yeah, I mean, you know, we got to do a little bit better job with our chances to win. I, you know, you're just not going to come in and just blow these guys away. So things have to go right and uh, a couple of lapses uh, boxing out. But uh, overall, I thought we played well enough to win and just didn't get it done. We got an updated traffic report, by the way, coming up at 7.15 with the uh, rain out there today. I bring in Jim Russell, uh, a huge Golden State fan. Uh, You know, we talked about this earlier in the program. Uh, You know, some of those uh, calls should have probably been made. There's others that you have to let go. Uh, How deep do you think this series is going to go? There are a lot of people who thought it was going to go seven games. I don't know if it will or not, uh, but if you're the Rockets, you got to be fairly encouraged about the way you played yesterday up at Oracle. First of all, Harden can't be serious, right? Like I'm, I'm like oh, he's he, serious, all right. Like he, like that quote, he can't be serious. He was also protecting his teammate that was uh, uh, sunk in a chair next to him. Uh, Chris how Paul. in how in the blue hell are you going to say I want the game officiated there when you are literally the guy in the league that causes the most unfair foul calls possible? Like because he's spoiled, that's why. Like I, all I saw on Twitter, he's a league MVP, and that quote alone, like even they asked Draymond too, and he just laughed at it because you have to laugh at it because it's so ludicrous to even say coming from James Harden. Like, come on, bro. 
Like, that's really bad on your part. He's going to be a two-time league MVP after this year. That's He's going to win the league MVP, isn't he? Uh, he shouldn't. He shouldn't? No. Where would they be without James Harden? Uh, they would be in the playoffs. Would they? Yeah. Oh, because of Clint Capella's great play yesterday? I mean, without <laughs> without James, they are nowhere close to a championship team. I still don't think they're a championship team with him anyway. But they still have Chris Paul, still Varrick Gordon. Clint Capella is not a bad player. He had a rough day yesterday. He had a really rough day yesterday, but he's not like a tro- He's not bad. No, I agree with you. I- I'm just joking because everybody's saying, "Oh man, they got Clint Capella and they got Harden and they got Paul and Gian- they got this Gian- guy and that guy." Giannis had the best year. His team had the best record in the entire NBA. They have the number one seed in the East. The East isn't a joke anymore. So I think Giannis is the MVP. But going back to Harden and the Rockets complaining about every single foul call, like everybody complains. I think this series will go six or seven. It dep- If the Rockets win next game, then it's definitely going to go seven games. If the Rockets lose next game, I don't think it will go past six. Um, but you gotta, you can't. If you're the Rockets, your entire thinking now is is your focus on the refs and your focus on the Warriors. You can't do that against the Warriors. You have to be focused solely on. The Warriors. And Chris Paul, we don't know if he's going to be suspended for next game. I don't he, think he will be. I don't think that he will either. He ran into a referee. Now, if it was if it was like Draymond Green that did that yesterday, he'd be suspended in a heartbeat. But with Chris Paul, By the way, do that I'm not a Chris Paul fan at all. I never have been. I've I've never been a Chris Paul fan either. I think he's one of the most overrated point guards of, in basketball. I also honestly, th- well, he's definitely past his prime. He's still a really, really good player, but I'm he's not a Hall so of Famer, sure. But he's I don't think... all that great a teammate either. No, he's a Hall of Famer, yes, but is he like Charles Barkley says the best leader in sports and no. the best point guard no. in the NBA? He's not. So at I, one time he may have been. One time maybe, but before that, when he was quote unquote the best point guard in in, in NBA, he never got his team to a Western Conference Finals. So, I mean, there's a yin, yin and yang there. Yeah, but he's also been with some teams that weren't all that great. But he's also been with some teams that have been pretty good. Uh, are you uh, pointing to the Clippers? I'm pointing to the Clippers. I'm pointing to, I think the Hornets. Weren't won- they one seed one year as the Hornets? No, they were a top three, I think. Yeah, because I remember they had San Antonio, like they yeah. had home court advantage, and San Antonio just embarrassed them. And then with the Clippers, too, they were a top seed. Not, they weren't the number one seed, but they were a top three seed. With they had the, the Thunder down 3-2 in a series and choked it away. Right, and, and the Rockets, too. Yep. You know yep. what? I never really took the Clippers all that serious. No I always ever, figured they no were going to end up does. getting beat. No one ever does, Coach. <laughs> but, yeah, it was uh, I mean, it was just really bad. It's really bad that James even said that. Jim, when we come in here on Wednesday, we may be uh, having the sound bites from Draymond Green uh, bitching, moaning, and complaining. Oh, and that's the problem with the series. Because like, they may try to even it out. Uh, again, I've talked to you about the equalizer. Depending on who officiates that game tomorrow night, uh, we may be coming in here and talking about a 1-1 series. Like, this series is going to be not fun because it's going to be the Warriors versus the Rockets versus the refs. Like, that's the storylines here. And the refs are going to be interjected into the series, not because they're making bad calls. It's because the Warriors and Rockets are complaining about them so much that they're being forced into the limelight. They might have to over-officiate this game. And when you over-officiate a game, uh, you got a bunch of guys in foul trouble, and uh, uh, it's not all that enjoyable game for the fans. I mean, the the first quarter was just... I mean, there was free throw after free throw. I mean, with the first two minutes of the fourth quarter, they're already in the penalty. 
So it's going to be uh, the Warriors versus the Rockets versus the referees for the entire series, and it's just it's not going to be fun basketball. Hey, jumping uh, over to the other series that got started yesterday, uh, Boston goes into Milwaukee. Uh, is that going to be a quick series? You, you think Milwaukee really has a chance to come back and win that series? I do, but I don't think they will. Well, they better win tomorrow night or stick a fork in them going back to Boston. That series may not even get back to Milwaukee if the Celtics win tomorrow night. I, I well, let's see. I don't think it. I don't think it will go past. I think six is the max for that series. Six. Giannis has got to show up tomorrow night. Did not have a great performance last night for uh, what some people think is uh, one of the top two or three uh, players in the league. Not a great performance. No, and if if you're going to be the MVP of the league, which I think he is. You need to you need to be the best player on the floor, and he wasn't last yesterday. Hey, has Kevin Durant passed uh, LeBron James now as the best player in the NBA? Who's LeBron James? Ha 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 ha! That there you go. I yes, he has. He's he's in the playoffs, right? Where's, right. Le, where's LeBron? Beach in Cabo. Yeah, Beach in Cabo, and uh, trying to be a recruiting coordinator for the Los Angeles Lakers. That was best of coach. Five to nine mornings, right here on 97.3 The Fan. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 